Good morning, this is Bible lesson Silas Baluni Adeleke. Our Bible lesson series is on David and Saul. And in these closing chapters, the focus of the narrative continues to alternate between David and Saul. Last week's lesson was mostly about David. This week's lesson is mostly about Saul. This is a famous passage because this is the chapter where Saul goes to visit the witch of Endor. This morning, we are going to be talking about bypassing God. That's what Saul is really doing here when he goes to visit the witch of Endor. Saul has made a lot of really poor choices in his life, but this is a particularly bad one. Instead of seeking God in his time of crisis, Saul bypasses God and goes to the witch of Endor instead. Our passage today shows us three ways that we bypass God in our own lives. We bypass God when we bypass prayer. We bypass God when we bypass conscience. And we bypass God when we bypass obedience. Bypassing God leads to punishment and loss of God's blessing. And so we want to learn from Saul's mistake here so that we do not end up bypassing God in our own lives as well. So let's look at these various ways that we bypass God as laid out in today's passage. First of all, we bypass God when we bypass prayer. Saul is in a difficult situation, but instead of relying on the Lord in prayer, Saul bypassed God by seeking a medium. We need to seek God in times of trouble, and Saul's trouble here in his first section comes in the form of the Philistine. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 1 to 4. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel. Akish said to David, You must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. David said, Then you will see for yourself what your servant can do. Akish replied, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spirits from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem. When Saul gathered all the Israelites and set up camp at Jibwa, Saul has a problem here. The Philistines are preparing a mass attack against Israel. However, this also creates a problem for David. Because as you remember from last time, David is living with the Philistines. He is living with the enemy. And the enemy is about to go to war with his own people. Of course, this put David in a tough position, especially when the Philistine king tells him that David and his men must accompany him in battle. David is caught between a rock and hard place here. What will he do? You will notice David is very elusive in his response to Akish. This is not the first time David does this. We saw last time that David was reading the enemies of Israel near their brother's towns. When Akish asked him where he was reading, David responded, Oh, up near the border of Israel. Akish assumed that David was raiding the Israelite towns near the border and thought David would now be his servant forever. Well, David is elusive again here. When Akish tells him he must accompany him in battle, David replies, Then you will see for yourself what your servant can do. Well, that can go either way, right? David might fight against the Israelites or he might fight against the Philistines. But Akish is very trusting of David again and even makes him his bodyguard for life. David is in quite a predicament, but now the text leaves David and returns to Saul and his predicament. What should Saul do here? Very clearly, he should seek the Lord. Psalm 9, verse 9 to 10 says, The Lord is a strong good in times of trouble. 
those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. The Bible tells us we should always seek the Lord in times of trouble. The Bible also tells us we should stay away from the occult. Saul knows this. Remember, it was the one who had expelled all the mediums from the land. But Saul ends up looking for a medium anyways. Let's look at 1 Samuel 28, verse 5-7. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or hearing or prophets. Saul then said to his attendant, Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There is one in Endo, they said. So Saul initially inquired of the Lord. That was good. Just like getting rid of the mediums and spirits had been good. Saul doesn't do everything wrong. However, when God does not answer him right away, he turns to other means. That's the problem here. As we've seen at other times in Saul's life, Saul is impatient and unwilling to wait on the Lord. The Bible tells of God did not answer him by dreams or him or prophets. God sometimes spoke to his people through dreams. The ruin was part of the holy man to me. We've looked at this before, and this was the special way that the priest communicated with the Lord. The ruin man to me were kept with the priest airport, and the priest could use them to get yes or no answer from God. And then the prophets were another way God communicated with the people. Today, we primarily communicate with God through the word of God and prayer. When God didn't answer so right away, Saul told his attendant to find a medium that he might go and inquire of her instead of the Lord. So a medium was someone who communicates a medium was someone who communicated with the dead. This was a practice which was strictly forbidden in scripture. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10 to 11. Let no one be found among you who practice divination or sorcery, interpret omens, engage in witchcraft, or cast spells, or who is a medium or spiritism or who consult the dead. Saul asks where there is a medium, and his attendant tell him there is one in Endo. Anytime you engage in your court, please know that you are also stepping behind enemy lines. Whether you are consulting mediums, spirits, fortune tellers, horoscopes, these are all part of the occult and the Bible tells you to stay away from the occult. They are good and safe way to approach the spirit world, such as worship, the word of God and prayer. And they are dangerous or unsafe ways to approach the spirit world. Anytime you engage in your court, you are stepping behind enemy lines and open yourself up to the enemy's attack. Both in such times and today, the Bible tells us to stay away from the occult. So, Saul first bypasses God by bypassing prayer. Next, he bypasses God by bypassing conscience. God has given you your conscience to help you discern right from wrong. Saul bypasses God here by both disregarding his conscience and disregarding God's law. First, he disregards his conscience. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 8. So, Saul disguises himself and goes at night to see the medium. When you wait until dark to do something, that is usually not a good sign. Here are some examples from John chapter 24, verse 14 to 16. When daylight is gone, the murderer rises up and kills the poor and needy. In the night, he steals forth like a thief. The high of the adulterer watches for dusk. He thinks, no high will see me, and he keeps his face concealed. In the dark, no one breaks into houses, but by day they shut themselves in 
they want nothing to do with the light. Unless you are planning on looking at the stars, waiting until dark usually means you are doing something you are not supposed to be doing. And the fact that you wait for the cover of darkness means that you know you are not supposed to do it. Don't disregard your conscience. God gave you your conscience to help you know right from wrong. But there is an even better way to know right from wrong and that's by looking to the light of God. Our conscience are helpful but they don't always get it right. God's word tells us plainly what is right and wrong and so we need to be careful not to disregard God's law. Unfortunately, Saul not only disregards his conscience, he also directly disregards God's law. 1 Samuel chapter 28 verse 9 to 10 But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spirits from the land. Why have you set the trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Saul knows that God's law prohibits him from going to mediums and spirits. He has banned them from the land himself. Practicing divination or going to a medium was a capital offense. Which is why the medium fears for her life here. Saul swears to her by the Lord that she will not be punished. Saul swears to her by the Lord while blatantly disobeying the Lord. Saul commits a capital offense here and in less than 24 hours he will be dead. Romans chapter 2 verse 12 says, All who sin apart from the law, we should perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. Even those who do not have the law still know right from wrong because God has given them conscience. But those who do not have the law have even less excuse. Don't disregard your conscience and don't disregard God's law. That's the second way we try to bypass God when we bypass God's gift of conscience. So bypasses God by bypassing prayer, by bypassing conscience, and thirdly, by bypassing obedience. Saul bypasses obedience when he follows through on his evil course and instructs the medium to call up Samuel from the dead. And in doing so, Saul not only sinned against God, he leads this woman into sin also. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 11 to 14. When the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a spirit coming up out of the ground. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul kneeled to Samuel. He bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. And now we come to the strangest part of the story. Saul tells the medium to bring up Samuel. And when she does, she is more shocked than anyone. Whatever she expected to bring up, she certainly did not expect it to be someone. Perhaps she was used to communicate with a certain spirit who pretended to be the spirit of dead people. But when she sees Samuel actually coming up from the dead, she screams at the top of her voice. A lot of people struggle with this passage and wonder why God will use something wrong to accomplish something good. So people say this couldn't be Samuel because God wouldn't use something that he prohibits. But this passage seems to say this really is somewhere. And so God is doing something unusual. God certainly doesn't do anything wrong here. God didn't cause Samuel up from the dead. But if God wants to use Samuel in this way to bring the world to Saul, he can do that. If God wants to bring Moses and Elijah with Jesus to the mouth of transfiguration, God can do that. 
God in His sovereignty allowed someone to speak from the dead in order to speak a word of judgment on Saul. Somehow, when the medium saw Samuel coming up, she immediately knew she was dealing with Saul. Perhaps Samuel called out Saul's name. Perhaps God gave her a flash of insight. Perhaps it was just pure instinct. Saul asks what the spirit looks like, and when she describes an old man wearing a robe, Saul also knows it is Samuel and bows with his face to the ground. Saul was wrong to go to the medium. And the major was wrong to call on the dead. The woman was responsible for her own sin, but she wouldn't be doing this right now if Saul hadn't gone to her. So Saul also bears responsibility for her sin. Of course, she also bears responsibility for her soul's sin because if she wasn't a major, it wouldn't be going to her. Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 7, Go to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such thing must come. But what to the man to whom they come? When you bypass obedience to God, understand that your sin can also lead others to sin. Understand also that God will judge every disobedience. 1 Samuel 28, verse 15 to 19. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? I am in great distress. Saul said, The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has turned away from me. He no longer answers me either by prophets or by dreams, so I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me? Now that the Lord has turned away from you and become your enemy, the Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has turned the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David. Because you did not obey the Lord or cry out his fierce words against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will hand over both Israel and you to the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. Samuel asked Saul, Why have you disturbed me? Saul basically says, I tried talking to God, but he wouldn't answer, so I called on you instead. Saul knows that God has turned against him. Why does he think that disobeying God further will somehow get God back on his side? That's like driving faster in the wrong direction. It doesn't get you where you want to go. In fact, it just gets you further away from your goal. Samuel tells Saul that God is just doing what he said he would do earlier. God has taken the kingdom from Saul and has given it to David. Saul didn't listen to God before. Why would he expect God to speak to him now? You can't expect God to speak if you don't listen. God will judge every disobedience. And so, Samuel bears God's word of judgment to Saul. He tells Saul, the Lord will hand over both Israel and you to the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also hand over the army of Israel to the Philistines. That's an ominous thing to hear from a dead man. Tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Within 24 hours, Saul and his sons will join somewhere among the dead. Romans chapter 2, verse 6 to 8 says, God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, you will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and hunger. When you bypass obedience, you are bypassing God. Your sin can lead others to sin, and God will judge every disobedience. There is no benefit in sin. First Samuel chapter 28, verse 20 to 22. Immediately, some fell full on the ground. Filled with fear because of Samuel's word, 
his strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and night. When the woman came to Saul and saw that he was greatly shaken, she said, Look, your maid servant has obeyed you. I took my life in your hands and did what you told me to do. Now, please, listen to your servant and let me give you some food, so you may eat and have the strength to go on your way. We have been talking about the rise and fall of Saul, where now, Saul first literally full length on the ground. You have come a long way from Saul's choosing as king, and shoulders above everyone else in history, to Saul consulting a medium flat on the ground before a dead prophet of God. There is no benefit in sin. Saul is pitiful here. He is flat on the ground, filled with fear, not eating, completely drained of strength, judged by God. Even the witch of Endo takes pity on him and offers him some food so he can go on his way. The Apostle Paul talks about our sinful state before Christ and asks the question in Romans chapter 6, verse 21. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. There is no benefit in sin as King Saul found out the hard way. Sin leads to death, but eternal life is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. This was so has really been facing all along, the choice between life and death. Unfortunately, in choosing sin over God, Saul ultimately chose death over life. Let's look at the final verses of the chapter, 4 Psalm 28, verse 23-25. He refused and said, I will not eat. But his mom joined the woman in hugging him, and he listened to them. He got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had a fattened calf at the house, which she butchered at once. She took some flour, kneaded it and baked bread without yeast. Then she set it before Saul and his men, and they ate. That same night, they got up and left. This is Saul's last supper. Saul's men joined the medium in hugging him to eat. Finally, he agrees. The medium kills the fatted calf and gives him a meal fit for a king. Saul and his men eat, and then they go out into the night. Knowing they face certain death in the morning, Saul has one last supper with his men before he goes out and dies for his own sin. Jesus had one last supper with his disciples before he went out and died for our sins. In Jude Testament, book of 1 Chronicles tells us Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord, he did not keep the word of the Lord, and even consulted a medium for guidance. The New Testament, book of Romans chapter 6, verse 13 tells us, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you bypass God, you bypass God's blessing. And when you bypass Jesus, the Son of God, you bypass God's salvation. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You cannot earn your way to heaven. Eternal life is bound in Christ alone. Bypassing God leads to punishment and loss of God's blessing. When you bypass God by using your cause instead of going to God in prayer, you open the door to the enemy. When you bypass God's, when you bypass God's good gifts of conscience, you have no excuse because you know what you are doing is wrong. And when you bypass obedience to God's law, you lead others to sin and bring God's judgment upon yourself. When you bypass God in your life, you bypass God's blessing. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God offers you eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
all you need to do is repent of your sins and put your trust in him. Saul choose a witch over God, that's pretty bad. But if you choose anything over God, that's just as bad. So when you wake up in the morning, don't bypass God. When you are facing temptations, don't bypass God. When things are going well in your life, don't bypass God. Don't bypass God in your life. Seek God's will through the word of God and prayer. Stay away from the occult. Pay attention to your conscience. Seek to be obedient to God's word. Trust Jesus. Choose God over sin. God bless you. Bible lesson. You sell us what you need.